For those of you who don't know me, I'm Scott Bainville. I'm an elder at this church. Um, it's my honor to be able to deliver today a Mother's Day message. Um, this is my second time I get to speak up here. Pastor Ken told me that it's not your first sermon that's important, it's the second one. Um, so this is the important one, guys. Um, it's kind of ironic that God would have me preach on this day. In fact, when Ken first approached me about preaching on this day. He said, you have two choices. You can continue through the book of Mark, or you can preach a Mother's Day message. And I thought, ooh. Um, because of my relationship with my own mother, I didn't even want to open that box. I said, we're going to be preaching through Mark. Uh, God had different plans. Um, see, God is good, and he's always trying to perfect us, to make us just a little more Christ-like. Oh, I wrestled with God with it for a while, a couple weeks. I'm going, you know, I, Mark, I, God kept pointing me to where I needed to go. See, by perfecting me, he wants to take things out of my life that don't need to be there. He wants to cleanse me. Um, so here I am today um, with his Holy Spirit, preaching a message called A Mother's Day Gift. See, I don't think I could preach a message already that you haven't heard about great and noble women of the Bible, the most famous, powerful women in the book. So to be a little different, I want to share with you what God is revealing in my own life as it relates to my mother and myself's relationship. See, at that point, Mom just took a big, deep breath over here. My hope is that somehow through my relationship, as I reveal your relationship with your mother would become strengthened. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word, just I ask that your Holy Spirit would intervene and peace would be spread throughout this whole room. Father, challenge us. Raise us up. Father, I hope this is a blessing to you. Amen. So, just a brief look at my mother and son relationship. I think this is really important to understand this because this is the lens that I looked through as I prepared to write this message. And in it, God revealed to me three areas of my life I needed to improve, three areas that God wanted to perfect me just a little bit more. I was born the eldest of three children. My mother became pregnant at a very young age, and her only desire was to become a homemaker. She wanted to raise three kids and have the white picket fence. But life circumstances left her divorced twice with three kids, working two jobs with no child support. And I tell you, times were hard, but we never lacked for anything. I thank God for that because we weren't walking the way we were supposed to, her or her children. See, all this seemed normal at the time. Being the eldest son, I assumed the role of husband and father seemed normal. Later in life, I realized that this was not a healthy, was not healthy, and that it left the mother-son relationships very strained. It wasn't until I had a child of my own that I got to see what a healthy mother-son relationship looked like. My mother, get this, my mother did the best she could with what she had and what she knew. I praise God for that. I pray someday she can forgive herself. God has forgiven her already. 
See, what God wanted to show me, what he really wanted me to understand was I needed to honor her, I needed to forgive her, and I needed to love her. I had not done any of these things to the degree that I was called to, nor that being a follower of Jesus Christ, what God has me. So let's dig a little deep into this, these three areas. First, let's start with who here is a perfect mom? Who here had a perfect mom? Good, then we all can learn something here. Mother's Day can conjure up so many emotions. Joy, happiness, delightfulness, sadness, sorrow, bitterness, resentment, hate. We need to recognize that here today we have several different mothers. My goal is to be sensitive to each and one of you. See, we have good mothers, the June Cleavers. So if you don't know who June Cleaver is, look to the gray-haired person in your row. They'll tell you who June Cleaver was. There was bad mothers. There was absent mothers. Mothers who lost children here today. Mothers who can't have children. Mothers who gave children up. Mothers who aborted children. Mothers who adopted somebody else's child. Mothers today who mourn the loss of their mother. You know, if God has chosen for you to be unbarren mothers, and you try and you try and try and God has not honored that, I tell you this, become a spiritual mother to a child. God will honor that. You can adopt spiritually a child. Let's throw a lot of scripture at you today. Try to stay with it. I do I don't have the PowerPoints. Um, I don't have notes for your insert. So use your Bible if you brought one. If not, there's one right in front of you. And you can also make notes in your handouts. So the first, my first revelation, this would be kind of like preaching through the book of Revelation. I'm going to open up these three revelations I had. <laughs> my first revelation was I needed to honor my mother. Honoring your mother is being respectful in word and action and having an inward attitude of Esteem for the position. Honor is given respect, not just for merit, but for rank. So I could explain it like this. Many people degree or disagree with the, the president's decisions, right? But we have to honor his position as leader of this country. God himself appoints the leaders and the rulers of this world. We have to agree with him but we have to respect his position. This is how we honor our mother. Catch this. This is important. Children of all ages should honor their mother regardless whether she deserves honor. We honor because God's word says we are to honor her. God exhorts us to honor our mother. He values it enough to put it in the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20:12, And again in the New Testament. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your mother and father. For this is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you. And yet you may live long on earth. Honoring your parents is the only scripture that promises life as a reward. Those who honor their parents are blessed. In contrast with those, a depraved mind, and those who exhibit ungodliness in the last days are characterized disobedient. Obedient to parents. Romans 1 30, 2 Timothy 3 2. Solomon in Proverbs 1 
three different occasions, urges children to respect their parents. Even Jesus, the Son of God, submitted himself to both his earthly parents and his heavenly Father. Following Jesus' example, we should honor our mothers in both actions, attitudes, and honor her unspoken as well as spoken wishes. See, honor in this passage is a verb. As such, it demands right action. We should seek to honor our mothers in much the same way that we strive to bring glory to God in thoughts, in words, and actions. My second revelation. I needed to forgive my mother. It says, forgive as you have been forgiven. There's hardly a more sobering, downright frightening warning to any professing follower of Jesus Christ than is found near the end of his teaching on prayer. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Matthew 6, 14-15. Here is both a promise and a warning. Jesus promises God's forgiveness to those who forgive, while at the same time warns of God's silent justice to those who withhold forgiveness. Forgive as you have been forgiven given, unanimously through the New Testament raises our forgiveness of those who sin against us to the level of God's forgiveness of our sins against him. Clearly, God's forgiveness is now the standard. In fact, there's no other standard for a genuine Christian. Ephesians 4.32 Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, and as God in Christ forgave you. Colossians 3.12-13 says, Put on them as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, follow, following, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Here's the main point of what we need to get. Whenever we are sinned against, we must choose to remember the extent of which God has released us from our sins through the blood of his Son. In addition, we must bring to mind the wealth of every spiritual blessing that he has shown upon us in Christ. This, see, this compels us to guard our heart against bitter, vengeful spirits. As Peter exhorts in 1 Peter 3, 8, and 9, Finally, all of you, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on contrary, bless. For this is what you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. My third revelation, love. Paul puts it, so clearly, so plainly, there is nothing left to doubt. 1 Corinthians 13, 1-4 
If I speak with human elegance and angelic ecstasy, but don't have love, I am nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith to say to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I do not love, I am nothing. I, if I give everything I own to the poor, and I go to the stake to be, a mart- to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, no matter what I believe, And what I do, I am bankrupt without love. Let's let that sink in for a second. Bankrupt without love. And if that one don't work, I got one more for you. John 13, 34. A new command I give to you, Jesus says, love one another. As I have loved you, you must, must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus is on the cross. He's bearing the sins of the whole world on his shoulders, but yet he finds time to make sure that his mother is taken care of after he's gone. As God, Jesus is dealing with eternal matters, but as a man, he's showing all of us today it's important to take care of our mothers. Here's seven different ways I'm just going to share with you. You might be good at some, you might be good at, not good at others. Here's seven different ways that we should be Loving our mothers. One, verbally. We need to love our mothers verbally. Men especially have the philosophy, I don't need to say I love you. You already know it. Or I've told you before, I'll let you know if I change my mind. How about this one? I'll show you love, not just say it. Well, it might be true. Mothers need to hear that word. I love you. I share with my bride daily dozens of I love yous. I stand before you right now, convicted by the Holy Spirit. I have not told my mother I love her in a couple years. That will change today. We need to love our mothers physically. When was the last time you gave your mom a hug without asking? How about a kiss on the cheek or held her hand on a couch? Mother was the first one to touch you. She wrapped you in her womb for months. You came out and she held you. She caressed you. She held her cheek to your cheek. It's said that a mother, that a person, a healthy person, needs seven touches every day. Does your mom get that? Mine doesn't. My mom lives widowed by herself. We need to love our mothers patiently. Patiently, really? We need to have patience for our parents? Yeah, the older they get, the more you're going to need. Mothers have an incredible job with no pay. A position, no other position in the business world compares to this job of the physical, emotional, spiritual commitment that she has in motherhood. In spite of all she does for us, we often become impatient with her. We get used to things being taken care of. We kind of expect it, don't we? We need to love patiently. Because she is tender to your needs doesn't mean that you can take advantage of her. It's the reason to love her and be more patient. I speak to the, no, I'll speak to the teens, you guys. It is unfair 
that you are more kind and you are more considerate and you are more patient with your friends and your friends' mothers than you are your own mom. If you treated your friends like you treat your mom sometimes, you wouldn't have any friends. And if you treated your friend's mom like you treat your own mom, she wouldn't let you play with her kids. Adults, as our parents age, we must increase our level of patience. They deserve that for the patience that they have shown with us. Number four, we need to love our mothers attentively. Mothers listen to you as you pour out your heart. She has a sympathetic ear for always there. Even as an adult, you've gone to her when you want someone who really wants to listen and understand. She's always there by your side. As mothers age, it's our turn to be her rock, to take time to listen attentively. It's time for us to pay back. The greatest illustrations of patience or attentive listening, my father-in-law will talk to my mother or my wife a couple times a week usually. In about 10 minutes in the conversation, he will share the same 20 minutes every time. How many puzzles he's put together in his lifetime? What's going on in his life? Even though we've heard it. And how many books he's read. We hear the same story every time. And I look at my bride and I roll my eyes and she just holds the phone and listens attentively to her dad tell the same story. Number five, we need to love our moms gratefully. An elementary class is doing a study on magnets and how metal objects are attracted to them. So at the end of the semester, the teacher puts a question on an exam. We'll see who gets this. The question is this. It says six letters, starts with M, and picks things up. What am I? Mother, right? All right, guys. Over half the children said that. She needs a sincere thank you. And not just today, but from a genuinely thankful heart when she least expects it. Number six, we need to love our mothers, mothers gen, generously. There's nothing too good for her. We could never repay her, but we ought to die trying before she does. She didn't spend on herself unless our needs were met. She easily, she easily does without. And now it's our time for her to have something she wants give you a math test. This is my mom. If there are 10 people around the table, I'll give you a clue. The answer will be in a fraction. And there's one pie. How many pieces, what, what does each person receive? What is their portion out of that pie? See, in my house, the number is not one-tenth. The number is one-ninth because my mother has 10 people around the table and one pie. She's not eating pie. Number seven, we need to love our mothers honorably. Exodus 20:12 sums it up. Honor thy mother and father, that in thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord God giveth thee. Remember, this is binding as long as your mother lives. Another command says children obey, which is non-binding when you leave the home, but honor is different. 
Yeah. Someone out here says, but my mom wasn't honorable. Well, the Bible doesn't ask about that qualification. It only asks, is she your mother? So, Scott, what do we do with this? Undoubtedly, hopefully, this, ter- this, this teaching has stirred something in you. Maybe it's showing you a little area of improvement you need to make. Our desire should be to be made more Christ-like, but that's not easy. See, it requires pruning and trimming and heat being applied. That dross can be skimmed off the top. God wants to perfect us through his message. He wants to make us a little bit better. Imagine this. Imagine a stairway that leads from here to the cross. And our desire, where we want to be, because God, God wants us there. In a year, I want to be right there, God. I want to be right next to you. I want to be right up there with you. But see, that don't happen that way. See, we fall short and we listen to the lies that come in. We stay right here. But I can tell you where God wants you this time next year. One step closer. I know we can do that. I know we can be one step closer to God. Right? It's hard to honor and love and forgive a horrible, mean, absent mother. Right? But Christian, I ask you, are you looking at that person the way our Savior does? His heart is broken for them. Is yours? I challenge you to ask Jesus to come into their lives just like he did yours. God will honor that request. Remember that they may be just a product of a generational curse. Their mom might have been the same way and their mom's mom. But forget, you don't forget, you've stopped that. You broke that curse. You are a follower of Christ. God can change lives. Look at the Apostle Paul, how far God took him from one extreme to the other. I guarantee your mom was not as bad as killing Christians. God can use that. Pray for her. As I close today, I pray that this day you give your mother a Mother's Day gift that moths and rust cannot destroy, that thieves cannot steal. A Mother's Day gift unlike anyone you've ever given. Honor her just a little bit more. Forgive her just a little bit more. And love her a little bit more. We never know how long that we have to say these things that need to be saying. Make it today. Brothers and sisters, Mom, I forgive you. Will you forgive me? And Mom, I love you. You stand, we close in prayer. Heavenly Father, this is a tough teaching. I would just ask that you would be with everyone here, mothers especially. Honor the position that you gave them, Lord. 
as we go from this place, may today be special, but but this next year be even more special as we love, honor, and forgive our mothers just a little bit more. Father, we'd love you. We'd love seeing people grow. So may this day be a blessing to you, Father. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.